What if you could further gender equality and your financial goals? Well, Index IQ now offers a Gender Equality Exchange Traded Fund, or ETF, that looks to do both. Created in alignment with the nonprofit Girls Who Code, the IQ and Gender Equality ETF, ticker EQUL or Equal, seeks to benefit both your portfolio's potential and our world. It's part of IQ Dual Impact ETFs and their mission to do more. Make an impact. Visit eqletf.com. Refer to the episode show notes for important information about the fund and read the prospectus carefully before investing. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. In case you're just tuning in, here's the deal. Every weekday, we're telling stories of women from around the world and throughout history who you may not know about but should. Each month is themed. This month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. We're covering stories from across a spectrum, from women who made good trouble to women who thrived in illicit industries to villains in the truest sense of the word. All of the women we're covering had a major impact on the societies in which they lived. Today's episode contains mentions of sexual assault. If you're listening with young children, you may want to sit this one out. Today we're talking about an American serial killer. Not only was she a villain, she was also a victim, her violence reflecting a lifetime of abuse. Let's talk about Aileen Warnos. Aileen Warnos was born on a leap year, February 29, 1956, in Rochester, Michigan. From the start, her life was tumultuous. Her parents were both very young when they got married and began having children. By the time Aileen was born, her father was serving time in prison for molesting a child. He later died by suicide. When Aileen was four years old, her mother left, too, abandoning Aileen and her older brother. The siblings were sent to live with their grandparents, who were also not equipped to raise children. During this period of her life, Aileen encountered horrific abuse. Her grandmother was an alcoholic. Her grandfather, along with other family members and local men, sexually abused Aileen. It completely altered Aileen's view of what affection meant. By the age of 11, she'd started trading sexual favors for cigarettes, beer, and money. When Aileen was 14 years old, she gave birth to what would be her only child and gave the baby up for adoption. Around that same time, she spent extended periods away from home, often hitchhiking around the country. Fed up with her constant disappearances, Aileen's grandparents kicked her out of the house. She was left to fend for herself. Aileen lived in the woods for years before moving to Florida in the mid-1970s to work as a sex worker. She had her fair share of run-ins with the law for things like assault and disorderly conduct. At one point, Aileen married 69-year-old Louis Fell, a yacht club president. The marriage lasted just nine weeks. After it ended, Aileen went back to sex work. In 1986, Aileen began a romantic relationship with Tyra Moore. 
Aileen supported them both with sex work. For extra money, Aileen and Tyra sold stolen items at pawn shops across Florida. Compared to what came next for Aileen, this was a petty crime. Between December of 1989 and November of 1990, Aileen murdered seven men. Each man, except for one whose body was never recovered, was found in the woods off the Florida highway. The cause of death was always the same, gunshot wounds to the torso. The only victim who suffered a gunshot to the head was Charles Humphreys, a former state child abuse investigator and chief of police. The murdered men's backgrounds were similar. They were all white men between the ages of 40 and 65, and they all stalked the Florida highways looking for women to pick up and solicit for sex. Police eventually caught up with Aileen in Port Orange, Florida. Tyra, Aileen's partner, got Aileen's confession in exchange for her own freedom. But Aileen's story towed the line between fact and fiction. Throughout her trial, Aileen's testimony continuously changed. The one consistency was this. In every case, she said, whether she was attacked or not, she was acting in self-defense. It was clear that Aileen was unstable and deeply troubled, but the news portrayed Aileen as a temptress who gleefully murdered. The truth is more complicated. Aileen killed seven people. She was also a victim. She'd spent her life watching men control and abuse women and get away with it. While in prison, she wrote in a letter to feminist academic and psychologist Phyllis Chesler, I am a female who has been raped and the male dominant world is laughing. They've succeeded to putting me in the chair to prove that men can and will do as they want to us women of America. Aileen's case pulled back the curtain on the dangerous lives of sex workers, women often neglected by the mainstream. She knew her situation was shared by many and believed in using her story to call attention to violence against women. On January 27, 1992, a jury found Aileen guilty of first-degree murder. She received the death penalty. A decade later, on October 9, 2002, Aileen Warnos was executed by lethal injection. This was the final episode of our October theme, Troublemakers and Villains. Tune in on Monday for a brand new theme. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you on Monday. <laughs>